else. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in our number two of the program here on Monday morning. And let's go right back to the phones. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hello, you're on the air. Good morning. How are you? Uh, not bad. Wow, that sounds a lot different with that new system. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know what it sounds you like on the other end yet. <laughs> it's, it sounds like nothing. Like, you can't tell that. You can't tell that. Um, you're on before the other one. The other system, you could hear it would definitely. Yeah, you got that little. You got that. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so this thing's going to be how much? How many feet higher than the ones in Fairhaven? Well, uh, from what Tom was saying, it's 300 feet, and this one's 200. The one I'm looking at in Fairhaven is 265, according to this thing that I found online. So it's so you know not that much difference. Three story, three stories. Yeah. I mean that's so these windmills in Fairhaven. They they run what do they run twenty percent of the time? Every time I see them, they're just stagnant. Uh, I can see at least one of them's running today. I can't see the other one, but yeah, yeah. A lot of times they, you see them, they just they're doing nothing. So they're going to put a, a concrete footing in Clark's Cove to build this thing. They, what are they, are they going to take that concrete footing out? Not sure. We don't know any of the details about it. You, you know, it's going to stay there if they put it there. And didn't the Department of Marine Fisheries? put a stop to the water park, the inflatable water park that they put over there? I don't believe so. They clearly so. I, have jurisdiction. I don't, I don't know if they did. I thought that water park left on its own. I thought they decided not to come back. That's what they oh, told us. I don't us. think so. I thought, I thought there was a problem with, uh, with uh, the uh, water park uh, having algae and, and everything growing on it, and they put a, the Department of Marine Fisheries put a stop to it. Oh, see, the information stop we were given stop. from the company was that it wasn't profitable for them and that when it got damaged by a storm, it wasn't worth reinvesting in new equipment to put there because they weren't getting enough traffic for it. Oh, well, maybe you're right. I, I do remember there being a problem with that, though, that they, they, they had a problem with, I guess it was casting a shadow, and they were worried about what was growing over there. But all right, well, you have a good morning. Thank you. You as well. And um, yeah, I mean, I again, that's just what the company told us about it. Doesn't necessarily mean that that's the the actual fact of the matter. I just remember that being the conversation that came up because when the story was written about how they were closing up for the second time, you know, the the main question everybody had was, will it come back again? And they said that it wasn't it wasn't worth the investment of having to buy another inflatable unit to put out there because it got the first one got damaged in a storm. And I don't know, I, I would have argued that maybe you should have pulled it in if you knew there was a storm coming. That's just me. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Morning, Tim. Morning. Oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, about the blue laws. Uh, we had great times. We were, my mother and my mother had eight sisters. My father had three, uh, two. And so every, um, in Winthrop, we have a we live. They live right at the um, Winthrop Beach, you know, Riviera Beach. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we we uh, uh, eight cousins come, and plus all of us, 
and they would all we would all go dig for clams and stuff like that and have a big clam boil at the house or a clam fry. And um and then in the other time of the year another time of the year we'd go to uh, Vermont, my mother's sister's houses and all that stuff. But we always got together. But anyway, about that barbecue sauce too. I kept talking to my cousin the other day. They sell that in the restaurants, in, in all the stores out there that um, sell the roast beef sandwiches. Yeah, you can usually get it, um, the, the James River barbecue sauce, in, in some of those North yeah. Shore stores, but you can't get it anywhere around here. Right. No, no, I, I was calling everywhere because we, we love barbecue sauce. You can get it from Amazon, but if you get it from Amazon, it's yeah. you can either buy the gallon or you have to buy the glass bottles, and they're $8 each, and you got to buy, I think, six bottles. Like, they won't just ship you one oh, bottle. God. But yeah, it's it's worth right. it for me. I, I don't know. And speaking of barbecue yeah. sauce, I'm going to have a story coming this week about the barbecue sauce from Phillips Farm. Yeah, I know. I already... <laughs> uh, what, Jim Phillips? Yep. I, I talked to Jim about yeah. it Thursday. We got a lot... Of, I got a lot of information. I'm, uh, I'm transcribing it all and I'm putting it all together and I should have that story out sometime this week. If anybody has any Phillips Farms oh. photos, send them to me. Oh, because he... Um he put down on Facebook that he um, doesn't sell it. It's a family recipe, right? Because people people keep asking him for it, and I told him I said you're oh, only going to okay. get more. You're going to get more requests once the story comes out, too. Yeah, I saw your story, so I I said, oh, where can I get it? And then he came on there and said, um, he said, oh, I'm sorry, it's a family recipe. I'm not selling it. It's just, um, you know, I said, okay, thank you for the reply, but uh, yeah, I thought, I thought he sold it around. I thought he had. I thought there was a. Is there a Phillips Farm? There used to be. There, there used to be one. It was on Mount, the corner of Mount Pleasant and Nash Road, until oh. until the highway came in, and then it moved to over uh, near the airport on Downey Street and Nash Road. So now, um, I forget what he said is over in the position where it was now, but that's that's where it was after his family sold it too, and then they closed up a few years after his family oh. sold it. So it was. My friend used to live upstairs from there. It, it, <laughs> the, the chicken place there with them. Yep. That yeah, was him. She used to live right upstairs from there. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> I've been there. Well, she had well, an apartment there with her father, with her husband. We'll have some more stuff on it coming yeah. up later on this week. All right. Have okay. a good day. You as well. And, okay. uh, Thanks. Bye. 508-996-0500. Yes, if you do have any Phillips Farm photos and you want to send them to me, Tim at WBSM.com, uh, or you can send them in via the app using the um, app chat feature or using the send us audio video feature. Uh, you can send photos that way as well, just because we've got a limited amount of things that we can put in there. I'd love to put in more photos if you have them. Let's go back to the phones, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Awesome. Thank you. you got some great subjects going on. I want to thank you for taking my call again. No problem. What's on your mind? Uh, I'm sensing I'm sensing a little bit of urgency from your last couple of calls concerning the windmill project down on the waterfront. Yes. Uh, I hate to break it to those people, but that sense of urgency should have been instilled in them before this past election. It's too late now. I don't know when the last time you was down the bottom of Union Street to see our waterfront. Mm -hmm. It's sad, Tim. Every boat is docked, and all the docks have become working stations for the windmills. It's very sad, Tim. And by the time the citizens of New Bedford wake up, the only thing that we have had in, in New Bedford for the past 100 years has been fishing. 
We are in the process now of wiping out the fishing industry. Go over to Kyla's Seafood. Everything is $25 a pound. All of their boats are against the dock in the back. Citizens of New Bedford, if you're waiting for the mayor and the city council to help out with this situation, they're the ones that sold us out. Wake up, people. Wake up. And Yes? I was just going to ask, how much of this is related to the transfer of the Blue Harvest boats and all of that? I mean, is that having an effect on slowing down what's coming oh, no, in? Oh, no, Tim. Okay. Those, those boats have been docked against uh, down at the bottom of Union Street for months. And what we're really interested in knowing, what are they doing to be able to keep the fishing people quiet? It's very interesting because you don't hear anything from the fishermen about it it's very quiet i mean i've heard a few things here and here and there for sure we've gotten some calls about it not much yeah you would think there'd be more but but tim what we gotta understand is this is or was the number one fishing seaport in the world you don't tinker with that we're taking a roll of the dice on something that didn't work on the other side of the world we're rolling the dice here in our number one seaport, and by the time the citizens of New Bedford wake up, our last bit of hope is going to have been flushed out of New Bedford. Sad but true, Tim. All right. Well, I, th- I thank you for the call. I hope it's not as dire as that, but we'll see. We'll keep an well, eye on as it. As you, you heard Mayor Lang say before, and I agree with him, not much stuff do I agree with him, but I agree with him 100%. Windmills don't belong in the New Bedford Harbor. All right. Thank you for the call. Thank you, Tim, for taking my call. I appreciate it. You're doing a great job. Thank you. You have a great day. Yes, sir. And uh, if you want to react to that, 508-996-0500. I mean, I I will say this. I mean, the mayoral administration certainly takes great pride in the fact that New Bedford is the number one fishing port in the country. Would they do anything that would jeopardize that title? Does I mean, obviously... You know, Mayor Mitchell feels that wind energy is a big part of the future, and he wants New Bedford to have a portion of that, a significant portion of that. He wants New Bedford to be the leader in that, the same way it's the leader in fishing. But I, I think if you ask him, and we've we've talked about it many times over the last couple of years, I think he thinks you can be number one in both. But that's not what the caller is describing. The caller isn't describing something that sounds like the two working in harmony. Are there other factors that we're not aware of as to why that might be the case? Um, I don't know. That's why I was asking about the Blue Harvest boats uh, and just wondering if that might have an impact on it, just to try to think of another reason why it might be that way. But is offshore wind having that much of a significant impact right away maybe you know a little more than i do 508-996-0500 but that's going to be part of the conversation from what tom kennedy was calling in talking about you know he's talking about a specific windmill being raised and the process of how they're doing that who has the oversight on that who has the decision making ability on that We'll certainly do what we can to find out more. You know, we're a little handcuffed at 719 in the morning unless someone from the 
administration or the Port Authority or someone is listening that can call in with information or if they want to send me information, Tim at WBSM.com. But I think that that's... It, it, it's, it's a connected issue, but it's also a separate issue too because on the Clark's Cove side of things, you know, you're talking about somebody being able to put up one of the, a company being able to put up one of these windmills apparently without it going through the public hearing process, which is what Tom's concerned about more than anything. At least with the, on the other side, on the waterfront side, there's been discussion about that, debate about that, public hearings about that, hearings with the fishermen, hearings with Noah. There's been a lot of things that have gone on in advance of that. The way Tom's describing what's going on with the windmill on, on the Clark's Cove side of things, that's something that's coming out of nowhere. So that's concerning. 508-996-0500. I just got a message saying those masts are for turbines and they're staying there in the harbor. Um, if you're talking about those black masts that are over by the bridge... That was described to us by someone from down there on the waterfront as um, being something that was related to lifting a boat up for fueling. So I don't know if that means those are going to stay for other boats that would come in like that. I, I'm not sure. But the components that are down on the, like near the Cannon Street power station area, those are supposed to, everything down there is supposed to be taken out as far as I understand. But those aren't permanent structures there. 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. Welcome back in 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey, Tim, how you doing again? All right, Tom, how you doing? I'm at the bottom of Coral Street where the boat ramp is. There's a U-Haul, a large U-Haul. The same gentleman I ran into at the library that can identify his vehicle is standing there. They've got the uh, boat ramp blocked off. So my situation would be we've got three city councilors that live down here. Come down here, talk to this guy, see what's going on. Um, it also seems to be another person that pulled up. I don't know who she is, but something is happening today. Wow. I mean, okay. th th it's happening that quickly. Well, it, 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 from what he told me yesterday or Saturday, uh, it was going to be dedicated Monday, which is today. And I'm thinking it can't be this Monday. They haven't even had a public hearing. But it looks like that this is going forward with whatever authority they think they have. Uh, we have three city councilors, Gomes, Abreu, and Pereira. They should be able to come down here, stop whatever they're doing, and talk to this guy. Because this is this is not good. And by the way, uh, the gentleman that called and said uh, Dartmouth is affected also, this is absolutely true. Uh, John Bullard, when there was an imaginary line down the middle of the cove, Okay, and one side was New Bedford, the other side was Dartmouth. He was able to fuse that so that 
shellfishermen from New Bedford could harvest in Dartmouth waters, and Dartmouth fishermen could harvest in New Bedford waters. Now, what does that mean? That means that the jurisdiction right now does affect New Bedford and Dartmouth, okay? And uh, I'm, I'm looking straight at it, and there's million-dollar homes all along the other side in Dartmouth, and what are they going to say? So, you know, somebody's got to get to the bottom of this and see exactly what's going on. And this is normally what a public hearing would bring out. Well, I can tell you those counselors are probably listening right now. Um, I can also tell you that I just sent an email off to the mayor's staff to see what we can find out because, you know, everything has to kind of go through them. And uh, and we'll see if we can at least get some answers here. Yeah, good. That's all I get for today. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Right. And uh, so there you go. We've got our roving reporter, Tom Kennedy, down there on the scene. That's awesome. Thank you, Tom, so much for going down there and, and uh, seeing what's going on. But to find out that it's happening that fast... Again, as he said, no no public hearing, no other information, at least that I've been told about it. I haven't seen anything. And I read all that. We might not publish every press release that we get from the city, but I certainly take a look at every press release that we get from the city. I, I, I certainly read everything that comes in. So I don't know why we wouldn't have had information about that. 508-996-0500. Right now, though, we are going to go into the newsroom with Ariel Dorsey. The chair of the House Intelligence Committee says a breakdown in intelligence in Israel helped allow Hamas's October 7th attack to catch everyone by surprise. Speaking on CBS's Face the Nation, Ohio Congressman Mike Turner says the U.S. intelligence community has been working closely with Israeli intelligence. Turner praised CIA Director William Burns on negotiating for the release of the hostages. The Iranian-backed Houthis are claiming responsibility for attacks on three commercial ships in the Red Sea Sunday. The USS Kearney shot down several drones that officials say were launched from Houthi-controlled parts of Yemen just a month after it shot down rockets and drones fired by Houthi militants. Texas Governor Greg Abbott isn't taking no for an answer when it comes to buoys in the Rio Grande. Speaking on Fox News Sunday Morning Futures, Abbott says an appeals court used an outdated law when it upheld upheld a ruling ordering Abbott to remove buoys from the water. Abbott said the law applies to navigable waters and claimed the Rio Grande is not navigable by definition. Alaska Airlines is set to acquire Hawaiian Airlines for $1.9 billion. The airline companies announced the deal Sunday and will take up to 18 months to be completed. Headquarters will be located in Seattle with Honolulu, a key hub. For the second time this year, a concert film debuts on top of the weekend box office. Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, took in an estimated $21 million to join Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, in hitting number one in its opening week. Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers stayed hot with a 27-19 win over the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football at Lambeau Field. Green Bay has won three in a row to get back to 6-6, six and six, while Kansas City still has a comfortable lead in the AFC West at 8-4. and four. 
In more sports, the Celtics are going to be without a key player for tonight's in-season tournament quarterfinal against the Indiana Pacers. Center Kristaps Porzingis suffered an injury on November 24th and has missed each of the last three games. Indiana's Tyrese Halliburton is listed as questionable, questionable with the knee injury. Forward Jalen Smith is also out with left knee and heel injuries. The winner will advance to the semifinals in Las Vegas. New England dropped its fifth consecutive game after being shut out by the Los Angeles Chargers 6-0. Bailey Zappi got the start at quarterback and completed 13 of his 25 pass attempts for 141 yards. Ramondre Stevenson carried the ball nine times for 39 yards before fumbling on his final carry due to suffering an injury. The Pats are now last in the AFC East at 2-10 and and will visit the Pittsburgh Steelers for Thursday night football this week. And the Bruins have won three straight games after coming from behind to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 3-1. Boone Jenner put the Blue Jackets on top with his 13th goal of the season in the final minute of the second period. Brad Marchand also scored under two minutes into the third. Boston will host the Buffalo Sabres Thursday night. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Good to be with you on this Monday morning, everybody. Patchy fall with mostly cloudy skies this morning. Temperatures in the mid to low 40s. Mild this afternoon in the lower 50s with partial sunshine overnight tonight, becoming partly cloudy once again, mid-30s. Tomorrow, colder air filters in, increasing clouds in the low 40s. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full summer-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's news talk station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. You and I in a little toy shop, buy a bag of balloons with the money we've got, set them free at the break of dawn, to one by one they were gone. Back at base, box in the software, flash the message, something's out there, floating in the summer sky, 99 red balloons go Probably the most upbeat song you'll hear about nuclear annihilation. 99 red balloons or 99 left balloons. Depends on which version you listen to. Uh, But speaking of nuclear war and speaking of the after effects of it and all of that, I saw the new Godzilla movie over the weekend. Godzilla Minus One. And it's a very good movie. Aside from being... It's it's not a a Godzilla movie. It's a movie where Godzilla is an allegory. We can get into some of that a little bit later on, but if you were thinking about going to see it just to uh, have a little bit of escapist fare during the holidays, I, I highly recommend it. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Uh, good morning. Morning. Uh, are you? Have you ever done any research on the Block Island wind farm? Uh, a little bit. I, I watched a few videos of it. I was going to try to go out there for a story, but I uh, couldn't arrange it. But I watched a few videos about it and... Um, how it formed a natural reef around uh, the wind turbines that were out there. Uh, uh, are you aware that those wind, those wind turbines are floating and not connected to the bottom? How, how did that happen? Was that, that's not by design? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, if, you, if you Google Block Island wind turbines, and you'll see how they explain it. Deep water wind spent $300 million to build the project. There's five windmills 
and they are extremely tall, 593 feet tall. They're big ones. And you can actually see them from uh, the uh, Ocean Drive from Newport on a clear day with by the naked eye. So, and, and they're floating? So how does, how does that work? Well, they, they, they're floating and they're anchored by, by cables, but they actually do float. Uh, so I don't know if that's what they're proposing, you know, or try to pull off on, in Clark's Cove so they can just move them out of the way. It's supposed to be it's a demonstration project, but, uh, you know, anything dem- uh, temporary turns to be permanent. But uh, if you Google Block Island Wind Farm, you, you get some interesting perspective that uh, these float. And there are some others in uh, Europe that float also. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, I'll have to look into that a little more. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Bye. And uh, and that's you know that's the idea is that if this is a a demonstration, this is something that's not not going to be permanent. Then that would be a helpful way to have it, right? If it could float and it could be removed. But as the caller said, things that are temporary tend to become permanent too sometimes. And so if he, what are you saying, 590 something feet for the ones off Block Island, that means that they're twice the height of the Fairhaven turbines. And it's hard to get perspective when you're out looking at it. It's hard to realize like what the difference is. If you ask me, the South Plymouth slash Bourne, I'm not exactly sure what land they're on, like what, you know, what, what, what town it is in. But if you're coming from, or going toward the Bourne Bridge and you're on Route 25 heading toward the Bourne Bridge or coming back from the Bourne Bridge, you've got giant wind turbines on both sides. And if you ask me, I would say, oh, those are much bigger than the Fairhaven ones. But I don't know that to be factually true. It's just the perception. If you ask me about the ones that are on the Cape, I'd say, oh, those are much higher than the ones that we have over here. But I don't, I don't know that to be true. So I, I, I guess it's hard to kind of judge just looking without a side-by-side comparison between that or something else of that height. I judge a lot of things, believe it or not, based on the Forefathers Monument in Plymouth. Because I know that's 90 feet high, if I, if I remember right. And so I use that as like the basis of comparison for for a lot of things. 508, I've known that since I was a kid, so I've used that since I was a kid. 508-996-0500, you're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim again, reporting live from the bottom <laughs> of Coral Street. Uh, a Marine Sciences Research Center van just pulled up. Um, so, you know, I'm computer illiterate by choice. Uh, I don't, I've never sent an email. I've never been on Facebook or anything like that. But somebody may be able to find out a little bit more uh, through that avenue. Marine uh, Sciences so, Research Center is what you said. Right. Yeah, so it's a big van. Uh, and now they're posting stuff on the, the telephone pole down here. So there is some type of dedication going on this morning. This is coming uh, up as, it, as this is coming up as something from connected to the University of Rhode Island. I don't know if that's the same group. Really? It's not not Massachusetts, Rhode Island again. Wow. Yeah, we did battle with them in the eighties. Um anyway. Uh, be that as it may, uh, there seems to be more of a gathering taking place. Uh, it looks like the people putting up the uh, posters are City Hall folks. 
Uh, and I, I just can't believe that the council isn't informed about this. You know, I'm doing. Uh, I'm wondering if this is connected to a story that's uh, in in the Standard Times today, where they have um, there's been a um, a grant for a study, a five year study that looks like it's being done by the Department of Marine Affairs at the University of Rhode Island. I'm sorry, this is a person who is quoted in there. So there, but there is a study that's being done um, over the next five years. Yep, he is one of them. Yep. So his name is uh, David Bidwell. He's an associate professor in the Department of Marine Affairs at the University of Rhode Island. And he and other researchers are going to spend the next five years and a $2.5 million federal grant studying the positive and negative impacts of wind development in New Bedford through the lens of energy justice. So I wonder if this is related to that somehow. So, so by, that, by that, this thing's going to be up here for five years? I don't know, know if they have jurisdiction over this. This, this is... Uh, this is not good. I don't know if this is directly related to that. I'm just saying that this that sparked off in my mind that I'd read this story yeah. this morning. Uh, this says yeah. that New Bedford, New London, and a third community that has not yet been selected will be studied and that the study would begin in early 2024 once all three communities have been identified. So I don't think that this would be something that would be launching today for that. Well, it may or may not be. Who knows? But that's the problem. We don't have the information. And again, I, I've got to leave because I got to go to the Providence VA this morning. But uh, I'll be leaving here in, in a short while. Uh, and I just wish uh, city councilors would come down here if they haven't been informed. They may have already been informed about it. Who knows? I don't know. No, yeah, we'll but, keep trying uh, to get information. It's like not knowing the answers, it's knowing the questions now. Yep. You know? And that just creates more questions. Yep. yep. Unbelievable. Okay. All right. Well, thank God you bless. for all your reporting yeah, this morning. Send a check in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> take care. <laughs> All right. 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, I'm going to take a break, though. We'll be back in just a few. my age, well, kids who grew up the same time I did and are now adults my age, you probably remember having to do aerobics in school to that song. We had to. I remember that every morning. Our uh, kindergarten, I think it was, kindergarten, first grade, no, kindergarten, we would have to do jumping jacks to that song. Like, that's how we started our morning. And we would ask, can we can we do some Michael Jackson today? And it was always Laura Brannigan's Gloria. By the way, if your name is Gloria, you've got a pretty good selection of songs name, with your name in it. You've got that. You've got, of course, G-L-O-R-I-A. 
And uh, you've also got the U2 song, Gloria, which is actually, you know, more about glory to God, but you can still have it. You can still use it. So uh, pretty interesting if that's your name. You're pretty lucky. What do I have? I have Timothy by the Buoys, which is a song about some people that go off into the jungle together or off into the woods. I forget where they go. And I think it's like three go in and two come back. And they were really hungry. They ate Timothy. Yes. The only song with my name in it is about cannibalism. Thanks. Five, And you know, the guy who wrote that is uh, Rupert Holmes, the uh, Pina Colada song guy. Yeah. Rupert and I are going to have words someday. Sure, you can write a nice song for pina coladas. What do I get? By the way, the other thing that bothers me about the pina colada song is how, you know, if you're familiar with it, they both end up, the the husband and the wife or the, the man and the woman in the relationship, both end up answering a personal ad and then they get to the bar and they realize that the other person in the other ad was their significant other. They're just like, ha, 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 uh, I never do you like pita coladas. Hey, this is so much better now for our relationship. Not, what were you doing answering a personal ad? Like that would, th- there should have been a fight that happened. Not another chorus. Anyway, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. Uh, you can also send app chat messages via the WBSM app. If, oh, I, thank you. Thank you, Taylor, for correcting me. Trapped in a mine that it caved in, right, right. That's where Timothy came from. I, uh, you can tell I, I don't listen to the song on purpose. Ugh, just here, and it's popping, the chorus is popping into my head. Uh, no, but if you like, if you like those 70 songs that are centered around death, I know it's creepy, it's weird. But every year on the Lost 45s, Barry Scott would always do the Death Songs episode where he would focus on, because for some reason in the 70s, there was a lot of pop hits about people dying. Like it was, it was a popular genre of music. And for my money, the best death song of the 70s is DOA by Blood Rock. Like a song that's actually written from the perspective of the person that's dying, but also like will creep you out and then kind of has a rocking chorus to it. DOA by Blood Rock. If you haven't heard it, check it out. Maybe I'll play it. It's, it's kind of a kind of a drag to hear on the radio when you're trying to get people upbeat in the morning. So I want to remind you of something. If you are out there spending, maybe you spent this weekend. I know it was raining, so it wasn't really the best weekend for it. But maybe you've been working on your holiday display. WBSM wants to help spread the holiday cheer by sharing out your holiday light displays. Once again, we are looking to light up the South Coast. So send us photos of your light displays, your lawn inflatables, and every other way you've decorated your yard or your home. And it could be your yard, it could be your house, it could be your apartment, it could be whatever it is. Send them in to us selecting Light Up South Coast on WBSM.com or on the WBSM app. And then check out our gallery of light displays and plan your trip to see them all. We should be getting that up probably by the end of this week once we start getting some, some submissions in. Light up, South, Light up South Coast on WBSM is brought to you by Mac Electric. So if you are uh, decorating already or if you've already got them up, send them a photo. Send us a photo. We'll, we'll put it up there. And some of them, we might reach out to you and say, hey, tell us a little bit more about this. Because we like to feature the people who put in the effort and put in the good time and the good work to be able to spread that holiday cheer. And at the very least, we like to put them all together with your address so that people can go out and check them out. 
508-996-0500. I got to take one final break of this hour. We'll be right back. All right, that's going to do it for this hour. Uh, coming up in the next hour, more of your calls, 508-996-0500. Jack Spillane is uh, under the weather today, so he will not be joining us to turn on the light. Uh, maybe we'll do that later on this week, or maybe we'll just hold it off till next week. Depends on how he's feeling. But uh, that means we'll talk more with you in the next hour. Again, 